Hey listeners, I'm Eric Taylor, and this is The Hair Game. Happy Monday, everybody. Today is July 15th. Tonight, I'm taking Maddie Conrad and the winner of Maddie's podcast episode giveaway to dinner and drinks in Hollywood. Brenton Butler, the owner of Brenton's Barbershop in Ojai, California, was the dude who won by doing a cool little video on his stories about what he liked best about Maddie's episode. That was episode 85, by the way, still one of our most popular, so go back and check it out if you haven't heard it already. I'm super excited about tonight, and I'm gonna try to do stories as much as possible without being rude to my guests. Let's do the weekly pod loot giveaway. Got my bag right here. This week is a $100, no, $107 Amazon gift card. And by the way, I just email these gift cards to you and then you put it directly into your Amazon account and then you can buy whatever you want and it doesn't charge you. The winner is Desiree Stylist at Trends. Desiree, DM me at Taylor on Instagram and send me your email address. I'll tell you what we'll give away on next week's pod loot at the end of this episode. Thanks to everybody who wrote a review, by the way, about the podcast. It's the best way for you to tell me how I'm doing and for you to help other hairdressers find us as well. Now to Justin Thomas, AKA Fearless Hairdresser. Justin Thomas. That's me. Fearless Hairdresser. (laughs) Thanks, Thanks for sitting down, man. Word. You're the owner of Black Black Salon and Barbershop yes. in Sacramento, California, right? That is, that is us, Black Black. You won't forget it. Hanzo, you're a Hanzo educator? Uh, yes, uh, I'm a national uh, artist for Hattori Hanzo, uh, the greatest scissor company in the world. Uh, I actually was fortunate enough to start the education department with uh, this guy, Andrew Reeves, uh, and uh, so I'm like the first educator they ever had okay wow so that's kind of like my my little claim to fame yeah, yeah. My little flag on the moon but that's awesome yeah all right so why fearless hairdresser have you always been fearless hairdresser on instagram no uh so for the longest time i was justin thomas hair uh i built a huge following at the time um back in the periscope days okay. i was on periscope every day i was on instagram hold uh, on that instagram. was four years ago yeah about four or five okay. years ago yeah and at one point, I was one of the more followed stylists, like on Instagram, like a long, long time ago, and like when when like 10k was a lot, right? But what I didn't really understand was like I was just like playing and having fun, like I didn't, I wasn't like, yeah, I'm gonna use this to one day sell some shit, you right. know? Like it was just like, like I don't know, I'm full of all these opinions, and I want <laughs> everyone to hear them, <laughs> and. So I kind of cooled down on that. Uh, Justin Thomas hair was kind of like, that was me. Uh, but the biggest thing that I think I figured out, being a hairstylist, uh, this is my 11th year. I've been a hairdresser for 11 years. And uh, my mom's a hairdresser. My sister's a hairdresser. It, it, it's like in the blood, grew up around it. My mom's had salons growing up. And nothing about what my mom did was about herself. And I felt like Justin Thomas hair was kind of like Justin Thomas hair. Interesting, yeah. What, me, 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 me. And no one likes to hear too much about themselves or their mm-hmm. opinions. So I kind of cooled it a little mm-hmm. bit. And then one day, um, and it's funny that you bring this up. I have filmed myself explaining why fearless hairdresser was a thing. And I never posted them. I am the king of, I have probably hundreds of hours of content that I just never post. Because of fear? fear and I'm like wait a minute I'm not fearless hairdresser I want other people to be fearless so I created that I deleted everything I've ever done and I started with one photo on Instagram and I was like fearless hairdresser for other people like I want other people to be fearless and I want every single stylist that I know or come in contact with to be fearless when they're behind the chair and um, I think that has empowered me more than when it was a little bit more self-serving interesting yeah so what does that mean to be fearful behind the chair? What does that cause somebody to do that they uh, shouldn't dude. be doing? Well, it's weird because fear is the same thing as like, you know, that fight or flight shit. It's kind of like fear is the same thing as like uh, empowerment. Mm-hmm. People is just knowing what to do with it. You know, mm-hmm. like, are you scared? You know, uh, I have friends uh, and clients that work. Uh, they're part of the UFC and they, and they fight for a living. Mm-hmm. And one of my guys, I asked, you know, before he goes into the octagon, you know, I'm like, 
are you scared? He's like, fuck yeah. I'm going to wow. get hit in the face. <laughs> like, wouldn't you be scared? Yeah. But he's like, I'm going to take that same fear. I'm going to take the feeling of fear and turn that into a strength to overcome what's actually going on. Then you feel better about it afterwards. I think the fear in, in the salon is kind of like fear of fucking someone up, like messing their hair up or fear of, uh, fear of not doing good enough or, or being successful. Uh, in school, you're taught, you know, oh, the money's in color. This is uh, like everything is centric around money, 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 money. But then you have like, you know, and no offense to a, a beauty school instructor. I have like I have more respect for a beauty school instructor than probably anybody in the industry. But if they're telling you this is where the money is, but they're doing something based on passion, like an instructor, they don't get paid a bunch of money. I mean, they get paid well in certain aspects, but they don't get paid incredible amounts of money but they're telling you how to make money yeah. what they should be at least my experience right yeah. what they should have told me was man you have so much drive you have so much passion don't worry about the money yeah we say that shit oh you know do something you love never work a day in your life like right. we have all these idioms in our yeah. industry that's just fucking annoying i know it's just like dude if you have passion like learn how to channel that and fucking you know right yeah <laughs> No, totally. I never thought about the notion of taking fear and somehow uh, maybe taking the energy and that kind of palpable, uh, you know, anxiety and using that as a positive. I never really thought about that. Yeah. But maybe, maybe that is a possible thing to do if somebody yeah. thinks about it intentionally. Yeah. So do people reach out to you and they're like, you know, how do I, how do I shed my fear behind the chair? Yeah, that's actually why. So on Monday, I have a panel um, for essentially like business. And I don't know, every time and, I come and to by the way, things, everybody, we're at Orlando Premiere right now. Yes. So that's what he's talking about. Yeah. yeah. So uh, here at the probably the biggest educational centric show um, in our industry. And there's. I mean, there's everything from like skin and nails and, you know, all the things that I didn't like in school, <laughs> you know, and then you have like the business stuff that's really important, but you have all these business types that are like, yeah, business. And they want to talk to salon owners and stuff. But like, dude, you of all people know that a regular ass hairdresser is also a salon owner. Like mm -hmm. I started in a suite type deal. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I didn't start, but I mean, I started owning a business. Yeah. If you're a renter, you own a business. Right. So. How, did that, how does that dude in the suit get to me, the person behind the chair that owns my little, you know, my little 25 square feet of, of freaking business? Right. And uh, so what I'm doing is I'm, I'm, I want to empower stylists to be more f uh, 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 fearless, I guess, and, and kind of recognize strengths. I'm a big fan of recognizing strengths, not weakness. Mm -hmm. And I, I, that's going to be one of my talking points is strength. Okay. And, uh, and, and utilizing it for growth. So how does somebody recognize their strengths? <laughs> well, first and foremost, self-auditing is the hardest thing for anybody to do. But I think recognizing your strengths, it's like, cool, what do you what do? You, do? you have to like go back and go, what do you do like autopilot? What do you just like, yeah, I, I fuck cut that pixie real good. Well, how? how? How did you do that? How do you know? So going back and looking at what you're doing, uh, you're, you're, you're typical. You know, what you're doing every single day. A lot of hairdressers don't necessarily look at their um, business in terms of projection. Mm -hmm. Like, I had no idea what a pro forma was until like two years ago. Mm -hmm. And I've been a marginally successful hairdresser for a fucking decade. Right. And I had no idea. I just was like... My first mentor was like, I drive a BMW, that's eight hair colors a month with the insurance and the car payment. So I just need eight <laughs> clients a month to pay for the BMW. That's okay. really funny. He's like, I live, in a, I live in a loft. That's 12 haircuts and two colors every month. Yeah. I live in a, you know, or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, depending on who's listening, it's not 12 haircuts. Right. But, right. you know, no one's looking at, last year I made $89,000, you know, and this year I project this type of increase. There's no, there's no real business right. set up. Yep. So, yeah. 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 I mean, the, being an independent and even a hairdresser in a non-independent salon does have their own business, right? I mean, a lot of commission salon owners that I know, um, you know, they're, they don't take 
hairdressers unless they have a book already. Yeah. But I think it's really important for a hairdresser to consider, you know, that 25 square feet that you mentioned is ha is being a business, and um, they don't necessarily have to get into pro forma yeah. planning, right? Yeah. But it would be really nice if they did. Um, it doesn't yeah. need to be very deep. They can be um, general. You know, if, if they were conscious about on a weekly or on monthly basis, taking their receipts, you know, their total service revenue, total product revenue, writing it down, it's not hard. Yeah. You know, you just need to kind of remember to do it, put a reminder in your calendar yeah. and write that shit down. And then think about, you know, I incrementally adding. So think about like if I, if I put forth effort into adding one client per week, right? And, yeah. and I maintain that client and I keep that client over those service cycles and everything, that'll make a huge difference to me long term, yep. right? Agreed. I, it's funny because my mom, who's a hairdresser, she's always like, yeah, save your receipts, save your receipts. And because it's write-offs, 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 write-offs. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's a write-off. And I would just save a receipt, put it in a bag, write it off. And I'm like, what the fuck's a write-off? <laughs> like, I li literally, I was like, I, you know, I'm like, I'm, ri I'm writing, what am I writing off? You know, like, am I, I didn't know how much money I was making to write off to get to whatever number I needed to be for my taxes. <laughs> and that's why everybody was freaking out about the ABC shit because yeah. they were like, oh, tax laws are changing. Everyone's like, oh, they freak out about taxes, but nobody really totally understands their fucking taxes half the time. Yeah. So, you know, I'm saving receipts because I'm looking, how much did I spend? How much, how much did I make, you know, yeah. uh, going through my sale? I worked with a stylist in my salon that uses... Uh, credit card processing terminal mm -hmm. and she had no idea that it prints out a running total of what you've spent versus what you've sold and that is considered income yeah and it's just that simple shit yeah there's a lot of technology out there that's making it easier right yeah if you want to choose one and you want to get into it and you want to make sure that you're using it properly it can do a lot of that work for you yep yeah so what kind of salon do you have? Is it a commission, uh, booth rent? So I have a very unique situation. Uh, we are rental. Okay. Uh, I have, everyone is independent business owners. They are, um, they're, they're renters, but they are, uh, they have their own independent establishments okay. within the business. So they have their own establishment license, their own license, their own insurance, their own uh, everything. So they are 100%, they, are all, they have keys, they come and go as they please, except they, we all have agreements as two separate entities and we agree on certain items. We're gonna actively post that we're uh, open Tuesday through Saturday. That way we have definitive days off and then the public knows that those are the days that are open. That's an agreement. Right. We have agreements to independently hire assistants so those are, you know, it's all just corporate agreements, like contracts. Mm -hmm. And then um, I have a retail store within my business that uh, they're welcome to sell from and they are not paid a dividend of the money that gets sold. However, I gift them cash every year before Christmas. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that was how I was doing it before, simply because what I noticed is even when I was like making when I was like the dude that was like top retail in my salon, I wasn't even making 200 bucks a month on the retail. Oh, there was, and, oh, and what was that, a 10%? Yeah, they say 10%, okay. but then what they don't tell you, you're thinking, oh, 10%, I sold $100 worth of products, I'm gonna get $10 on that one sale. No, it's 10% of margin, and then the <laughs> fucking business owner sets the margin, and then you're like, oh, well, what is a margin? <laughs> and of course, you don't and even know whether he's being legitimate about the yeah, margin. Exactly. Yeah. And then they're taxing me on the shit. Right. So they're like, oh, we're going to pay you out. But then I get taxed on something that I sold that is in a, like, hairdressers don't fucking know their rights. Yeah. And so what I, what I, basically, I just told my team, I said, hey, as we grow, how about we do this? I'm not going to give anybody commission, but at the end of the year, I'm going to take half of my margin. Okay, and I'm going to set the margin. I'm going to be transparent about it. You guys can go into the POS and read it. I don't mm -hmm. care. 
half of my margin is going to get socialized between the entire team. My top sales uh, in the salon gets a plus one, and them so them and plus one trip to Puerto Vallarta every oh, year. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, love that. So that cost me like a G. Yeah. My sales went up like over twenty grand last year. Amazing. Now, why wouldn't just for the simplicity of the accounting and the transparency? Why wouldn't you just do a percentage of the total? cost or total price of the product oh because i'm i'm low-key an idiot so like i like for me it was like <laughs> it's idiot proof keystone sales retail but yeah. you know it, it was kind of like if i buy a shampoo ten dollars and i sell it for 20 i gotta i gotta take one of those ten dollars has to pay for another one to go back on the shelf so now yeah. i have 10 left right well then you have things like uh when i was bartending we had breakage we had like you know uh you know, theft, yeah. right? So you have to deal with that kind of shit. Yeah. So when I'm taking things like that away, I'm, I'm like, uh, let's say 15% of that is pulled away. That's what's left in the margin. I split that in half. So mm -hmm. whether that's the exact margin or not, I'm generalizing. Gotcha. Because there's no real absolute in hair anyways. Right. So I'm splitting it and I'm like, all right, cool. And I set that half of that margin aside for the rest of the year. Got it. And at the end of the year on December 15th, everyone gets cash. Love it. It's, so far, has everyone's been pretty happy with that because right before Christmas, they're getting some money. Everybody likes that. Yeah. The name of your salon is Black Black. Yes. It's in Sacramento. Uh huh. When did you open it? Uh, October 2016. Okay. Um, was our new location, so the location we're in now. Uh, before that, I was in a studio suite type of deal. Okay. You know, like uh, it was cool, but it was too small. Okay. And I was paying an ungodly amount of money with very little amenity. And so I just was like, wait, I can do this. Yeah. And I didn't realize people wanted to work with me. That was the thing. I didn't, I never wanted to be a hair salon owner. I just didn't realize people wanted to work with someone that was driven about our industry. Like, yeah. like I am. Yeah. And now we have, we went from three people in a studio to now we have 12. There's 12 of us, both stylists and barbers. Yeah. And, uh, the more freedom I give them with the agreement that I give them guidance mm -hmm. as a, almost like a council, you know, like a business council. That's sick. Yeah. You know, it, it's funny you say that because one of the things we try really hard to do is we try to make our salons heavy on amenities. Yeah. And we try to be extremely flexible. So we have some studios that are, that's got 15 people working in them. You know, yeah. we just knock down walls. Um, I like we, that. we just try to create whatever anybody wants, like whatever kind of working environment they want. Yeah. Because just offering single studios definitely is, is limiting. It is. And uh, acquiescing to your internal market yeah. is uh, like, I, I mean, that's your market. Your market is a hairdresser. That's, you know, that's, that's your a customer. Right. As, as Salon Republic. Right. Um, which, by the way, I... I, I have the benefit of actually utilizing your facility uh, when so I work in LA every couple of months or whatever and I have clients in LA that I service and I actually service them out of craft which is a yep. studio almost a full freaking fledged salon at this point right uh, uh, with which is where know, I get Dre. my haircut too. Dre cuts right? my hair yeah yep. at Dre hair the homie yeah uh, Dre and I are from the same city area he's from uh, right outskirts of Sacramento and yeah you know, we were little shitheads back in the day and, you know, skateboarders and punk rock and, you know, that kind of stuff. And, yeah. Um, but he gives me the opportunity to rent a chair from him when I need, you know, I get called, you know, I, I just did a uh, homie of mine's uh, for, uh, he's going to be on The Voice. I just did, did his hair. And then I, I got uh, another homie that uh, was on uh, Ellen. He's going to be back on Ellen. So I'm going to be back in the studio doing his hair for Love that. It. So I'm like, yeah, like let's, you know, I, I, it's so easy for me to tell people, yo, West Hollywood, here it is, yeah. you know, tell them the location and it's perfect. Right. So that's the uh, kind of flexible thing that we try to really yeah. foster. Yeah. So that's awesome. Okay. So you opened the salon about two years ago or so, two or three years ago. Two and a half years ago. Yeah. Called Black Black. Yes. Now you told me before we started talking today that you're expanding it. Yeah. Tell us about that. Oh, well, so I, I told you I'm an idiot. So, um, <laughs> Somehow, I I got this wild idea to incorporate creatives in general, and most of the time it was just what I noticed. People come in, uh, in our salon. So we have an organic five star on Yelp. I've never spent a dollar with Yelp. They fucking hate me, and uh, 
And it's now, awesome. now my big argument when they call is like, Hey, I'm sorry. I don't own a salon. I got 12 independent business owners in here. So you're going to have to call them individually and see if you want to run business through them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, ah, they hate it. But <laughs> our customers are coming in. We don't have a front desk. Everything's run off an iPad and they walk in and they're just like, greeted it's like walking to your favorite sushi restaurant you know they're like oh jamase you know that kind of thing and you're like oh shit this is tight they sit down they're greeted they get a uh you know beer water wh whatever they want they're they're entertained but honestly we're just an entertaining group of people so people feel good yeah and after a while some of my friends are like damn if i i wish i could stay here all day people say that all the time yeah i wish i could be around you guys all the time you're always so positive you know uh you dress well you know or like cool like progressive yeah and now I'm like okay so I thought okay my friend Eric's got this thing where he's kind of acquiescing to his people and like you know low-key ass talk you so I'm like what if I was able to provide something for those people like I got a lawyer client that he's not my lawyer but I don't even cut my lawyer but he's like I would love to be around creatives and his act is uh, what he does in law I guess can help barbers or dare stylists or something yeah and he's like i would if you had an office in the back of this i hear that a lot if you had an office in the back of this i would rent from you sick all right so i submitted an loi last week to a business uh or to a a, a building yeah that is way larger than our salon that okay. can facilitate such a cause yeah and so that's kind of where i'm at with that wow that's that's going to be interesting you're gonna have an artist you're gonna have Lots of different people. In yeah, there, right? artists, hairstylists, uh, tattoo artists. I have okay. a group of uh, tattooers coming in. Um, and then uh, I, I've been reading a lot about different laws for uh, and, you know, be mindful. They're not con they're not independent contractors. They, they are. They're right. independent contractors with themselves, but I'm not contracting anybody to do work. They're independent business people, independent business right. owners. And right. they're the, the, the laws in our state are pretty clear about what I can and cannot do. And in fact, that whole ABC law thing is, is, is almost been my best friend in the last year and a half. Yeah, interesting. We did a podcast on it. Okay. It's been actually one of our most popular episodes. I can see that. I got an attorney who's kind of focused on how it's been affecting the beauty industry and all that. Cool. So it, it's, been, it's been really cool. So tell us about running your shop, you know, for the last two years. What's, what are some of the most challenging parts of it? Challenging parts for me is overlooking the little tiny details that Such as. Oh, anything from like fucking toilet paper to uh oh shit, that 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 license I forgot to renew or you know, like something like that, you yep. know. Usually it's my own hairdressing license I forget to renew. <laughs> uh, but don't tell State Board. Yeah. Uh they don't listen to the podcast. We, we make good. sure the state board can't download the podcast. <laughs> um, that was a joke. Yeah. If that's the case, I own Bottle and Barlow. It's a barber shop in Sacramento. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, it's my buddy, Anthony. I know. But uh, so, yeah, um, my, uh, I guess what I'm over, you know, you know what I overlook? I overlook uh, how much people need me to be in front of them. How As in the business owner. Yeah, even though I'm, I own, I'm like, no, I own a rental shop. You turn the lights on and they go. And no, man, like I asked recently my staff, I said, uh, write down. So we have a drop safe. I said, write down the three things that you love most about working here. Most of the common theme was, you know, the community, the support. And, you know, I get this thing uh, I, I heard from Ivan Zuheli years ago about riding the broom. Dude, when I'm there, I'm like on the broom and I'm talking to customers and stuff. And I, I, I notice that everyone's happier when I'm around. Yeah. So that makes it tough when I'm traveling. Mm -hmm. So I try to keep travel to a minimum up to Tuesday. That way mm -hmm. I'm there at least Wednesday through Saturday. Yeah. So, um, but you have somebody managing it. Uh, I have, I've managed, I have, I have a manager. He's awesome. He's, he's kind of the bad cop. Cause I come in and I'm like, I'm the good cop. Mm -hmm. And I, when I get mad, because I've gotten mad and it's it's never gotten me anywhere, but I've gotten mad and like I'm I can be intimidating when I get mad. So I'm I'm the good cop all always. He's the bad cop. He's a big big gay drag queen and so when he gets mad it's That's like low key funny. So you're like oh 
like, but he also means business. Right. And since he's not the owner, for some reason they fucking listen to him. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, but it's the people sometimes I'll overlook, and I and I hate when I do that. So I always I'm always on myself. Like, yeah. did I? I have to set reminders on my phone. Did I text my team and tell them even what I'm doing? They they want to know what I'm doing. Right. It's a big responsibility. Yeah, huge. From the the smallest thing, you know, you you named the toilet paper, <laughs> which which is a great example because it's a really important thing. Yeah. But it's so small because toilet paper is everywhere and everybody needs it. You never actually think consciously about toilet paper. Yes. But if it's not fucking there, yeah. you're toast, right? Yeah. Somebody's pissed off. So how do you put in place a system where you as the owner, you don't have to worry about the toilet paper, right? Mm-hmm. So I actually have a contracted assistant where that is one of her biggest jobs. Water, beer, toilet paper, bathroom, you know, uh, uh, the, the way, the aesthetic, you know, and, and we, we have, we, there's a system in play, what to do when you open, what to do when you close okay. and she's contracted. So she's an independent contractor and she's well within her right to independently contract with my stylist oh. for pay as okay. an assistant for them. Interesting. And that can even be contracted for the day. Um, and, uh, Right now, it's physical contract. I'm trying to get her on like a rocket lawyer type deal so we could do like quick contracts. Okay. <laughs> but you know, I'm, that, with that, that's a that's a different business thing. That so I don't I don't I don't give advice on business that way. You know, like different companies to use or whatever. But it's a contract, and you know, I at least have my eyes and ears on the ground. Thankfully, my girlfriend is also a colorist in the salon, so she knows she knows what irks me and what doesn't. So that just helps. having good people, if it feels like a family, I mean. You know when you're at home, you know, or like when you were a kid growing up, you know what your mom liked and didn't like. Right. You know what you were going to get in trouble for when she came home. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the same thing. It's very much like that. Yeah. Do you ever have a, you ever get a new hairdresser who their vibe, their energy, just something, their behavior just kind of spoils the bunch? Oh, yeah. And what do you do? Fire them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, well, hold on. But they're independent. <laughs> well... Yeah, I gotta watch the language on that. Um, w- there's a there's a uh, a clause in the contract that says you know uh, basically I can terminate the contract at any time. So and they have to comply with certain behavior in the salon. Uh, y- yes and no. Those are again agreeances. Mm-hmm. But if you just got a weird vibe, or you just a, like some people are just bad business owners like they're they're 20 minutes late to every appointment or you know like just little things like you could be the sickest barber on the planet but if you're 20 minutes late every single time you're cutting somebody Mm -hmm. that looks bad on my business overall because it's still my business name on the front your business name is on the inside your your business says it says salon republic on the front yeah you know that that is a meshing of the two sides yeah that is very sticky it is but i the transparency has been my best friend like, hey, you are totally, yes, I love your style. I interview, when I interview new people, I interview them offsite. I take them to my favorite coffee house. We sit down, I buy them a coffee, I listen to them. Um, if I like them, if I vibe with them, and I ask weird questions, man, like just anything. Like, I just, I, I'm like, smart. Like, like, almost like I'm trying to liaison you towards a date or something. Like, sure. I'm like, I'm asking you a bunch of shit. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I stalk your shit. Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Um, but if I feel a good vibe, then I bring them around the team. If I bring them around the team and the team gets a good vibe, then I offer them a contract. Mm-hmm. That contract is good. There's a preliminary stage where we get to know you for a little while. And after that one, then we do a real binding contract. And that binding contract is is this like the the meet the parents, you know, the, the or meet the fuckers or whatever that movie, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. the circle of trust. Right. Yeah. Once you get the real contract, that's, you know, so there's a preliminary stage. Very interesting. Yeah. All right. So you do a lot of, uh, you do a lot of travel. I was going to say you do a lot of education for Hanzo, but you, yes. that means you travel a lot, right? Yeah. I travel a ton. Like twice a month? Uh, every week. Okay. Yeah. So you're all over the place. Um, your girlfriend probably hates you for that. I mean, do you ever have date nights on the weekends? Oh yeah, dude. We go. We literally go to the same sushi place like every Wednesday and Thursday there usually. You go. There you but go. we're good. And all the really cool places. She's actually supposed to be at the show, but uh, logistically it didn't work out. But usually, like she she goes to all the 
more fun shows. This one, Vegas, yeah. you know, Long Beach. She goes right. to all the fun stuff. Yeah. You know, she's probably not going to go to, you know, Minot, North Dakota with me, but, you know, <laughs> I'm happy to go. Right. But cool. she's, you know, a little so more sunny. So you're traveling around, you're meeting people everywhere. Yeah. Right? What's changing right now in the industry as a whole? It could be style, it could be salon type, it could be just the way that people perceive, you know, their role in the industry. What are you seeing out there that's changing? Um, right off the bat, stylists are way more aware than they used to be of everything. Because of the gram? I would, yeah, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mention Instagram in that regard. Yeah, Instagram has changed a lot, but I mean, in general, YouTube, any, any bit of social media or anything that's projecting directly to us in our phones, you know, and people, people are staring at their phones more now, and I'm looking around at all the people, everyone's staring at their phones, <laughs> and so this is what big business is trying to do. How do we get to be on that four-inch screen? How are we, how are we gonna get in front of them? Hairstylists are doing it without even fucking realizing it. And the ones that have realized it are the people that are on the big fucking posters behind me. Yep. And so I love Instagram for that. That is something that I'm noticing. Uh, another thing I'm noticing is like the distributors a lot of times, uh, and I'll be careful with what I say because I love all my distributors that I've ever dealt with, but the distributors, if you don't know who the fuck I'm talking about, and you're trying to sell me on this class and I've never heard of that person, it's gonna be harder for me to buy a ticket. Uh, and I'm not just talking about me, I'm talking about, I listen to my barbers all day. We, they, we've been trying to book a barber class forever and they're like, oh, well, who is it? Let's follow him on the gram. And I'm like, oh, it's this guy, he's really good, he's super talented. They're like, yeah, but like, he doesn't post pictures of his haircuts, he doesn't post pictures of his education. Yeah. I don't, I've never heard of this guy. Right. Nah, let's not do it. Right. But they're waiting for the, you know, they're like, oh, so-and-so? Yeah, 500 bucks. Right. And I'm like, for a look and learn? <laughs> Damn. I know, it's wild, isn't it? But that, and you know what? You know, we said earlier the whole middle America shit. Dude, middle America is way more connected than it used to be. Yeah. And, you know, as much as you could poke fun of that, like, that's where most people are moving anyways now, because if you live in California, you're an idiot. Cost of living. Uh, yeah. yeah. But, dude, people are like, oh, well, it takes five years to get here. Now, I hear that all the time. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. You guys are doing the same looks that are happening in New York. I work in New York. I work in L.A. I work, like, I work in, in, on both coastlines. Yeah. The same shit is going on in, in Utah now. It wasn't before. So you can't rely on the, oh, well, you know, it's, uh, I feel like people use that now as a way to not take a class. Interesting. Yeah. If you could change anything about the industry... I, I call this my wave the wand question. You can wave the wand, wave your wand, and change anything about the industry. What would it be right now? Just as the internet has been a blessing for a lot of us, it's also a source of um, uh, almost like a breakdown of self-esteem. So if I could wave a wand, I would instantly, I wouldn't change anything because this industry is amazing in so many ways. People all the time have these opinions about, oh, the industry's changing and it's way worse. I see all these people that I love and I respect on the internet talking about, oh, I don't even go to shows anymore because it's just a conglomerate. I'm like, dude, did you know in 1978, Gillette was like the biggest sponsor at fucking IBS New York? Like, you fucking idiots. Like, stop talking shit. That's what I would get rid of. Yeah. One, I would get rid of someone that's judging another person for doing their thing. Yeah. And on, on the other side of that, with the same fucking breath, I would say, stop judging yourself or comparing. Comparison is the killer of joy. I think that's a famous quote. Yeah. Stop comparing yourself to what you're seeing on the internet because somebody already did it. Go do something else. And if it's not getting recognized, it's fine. You have to, and I'm going to talk about this on Monday, you have to, you have to figure out what path you want because it's very fucking tough to do all three of them. Education, platform artistry, and work behind the chair. Those are all different things. And I got, you know, a 21-year-old kid right out of uh, beauty college looking on the Instagram at a platform artist going, my hands don't move that fast. So fucking what? You know, I have, I have a, a 48 year old 
or let's go even uh, older. My, my mom is, uh, I think she's like, uh, well, she's a hairstylist, so you can't really tell her age, but I think she's almost 60 now. Okay. Uh, she is, um, she is hard on herself sometimes because she's like, oh, I'm, I'm too old to be doing these young looks, you know? And it's like, dude, there's my mom, the same person told me, you know, 25 years ago, uh, you, you, there's no age in beauty, specifically the beauty industry, and you can reinvent yourself every day. So I would just get rid of all the, the, the self-esteem barriers that we, we the face. Fear. The fear. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good circle I was going to ask about your mom <laughs> because I'm, I'm super curious about that because you're out there, you're young, you're seeing all the new stuff. She's yep. been around so long. And I was very curious as to w what kind of insecurities she's been having. And you answered that. What, anything else that she's feeling anything that you see that she's doing or not doing that you're, you're, you're you know, you, one that you're learning from yeah. and two that you kind of throw out there with her, like, you know what, try this. Yeah. Um, so first and foremost, she's the best hairdresser in the world. Okay. She's better than me. She's better than your hairdresser. Are you, are you she's saying better. that only because she's your mom? No. <laughs> She's fucking good. <laughs> because she's going to listen to this and she's she going to slap you on the side of the face. She, she, yeah, no. She knows. I, I'd say, I, dude, I end every single presentation I've ever done in the last nine years of doing education. I've ended every single one of my presentations the exact same way. And if you've ever seen my class, I say, I'm not the best hairdresser in the world, you know, but I am my mother's son and I'll do the best that I can. Uh, I end that because, yeah, one, she gave me life. So... That's you know, pretty good. I yeah. owe that. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, here's why I think she's so great. So I, I, I kind of said a thing where she's like, oh, this is my self-esteem. But dude, she's unapologetically herself and doesn't, doesn't get caught up in, in the politic part of things in the, in the beauty world. Uh, but she, it's funny, she'll discount herself, but then I'm looking at what she does and she's online and she knows... Every, she follows me intensely, but she knows she knows who you are. She knows who Dre is. She knows who um, all of my friends, Philip, who's also in one of your studios, I yeah, believe. Yeah. Uh, Philip Wolf. She, yeah, she knows uh, Ricky Zito, who is a, a dear friend of mine. Uh, she knows all these people, and she's she is almost like vicariously living. And I think that's why people love the internet shit. I think yeah. that's why people love because you could live vicariously through it. Right. I have to remind myself that all the time. Like, dude, post that. People might like that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, but they might not. And I'm like, shut the fuck up, dude. Like, yeah. I'm constantly talking to myself. And I'm like, dude, just do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Be fearless about it. Yeah. But she's honestly, dude, like, she's probably the most tied in uh, out of everybody. Do you think she'd be as tied in if you weren't the fearless hairdresser? If you weren't uh, traveling yeah. around the country, if you weren't so, I think it. that's a catalyst. Yeah, I think I think that's that that helps. But yeah, dude, she would be she would she's a fucking hairdresser. I, there was a reason why I wanted to be a hairdresser when I was a little kid. It's because it looked a whole hell of a lot more fun, and she always had fun. And people <laughs> gave her money, and they were smiling. That's yeah. that was my comprehension as a child. Isn't that amazing? Like we need to remember that part. We have to remember that people are smiling. They give you money. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. We didn't go to beauty school to like be cool on Instagram and yeah. talk about, you know, my new skin regime, you know, like, no, it's like a regimen or whatever the fucking word is. Right. I don't it, know. What, what's your biggest fear? My biggest fear? It could be a fear you're dealing with on a daily basis. It could be a long-term fear. Let me think about it. Because even though your name is fearless, you're not fearless. Nah, nobody's hundred percent fearless, man. I always tell people, oh, I'm not scared of nothing, but you know, I mean, that you, helps you. You get a fucking spider near me, I'm probably gonna freak the fuck you're out. You're scared of spiders. A uh, little bit, not scared of them. I just uh, they fucking run around, and you know, they just I just don't want them touching me. That's fine. Um, I honestly, dude, like I'm scared of things around me just like ending before I'm ready for them to end. Like, for example, uh, dude, anything from like my chihuahuas dying to to uh, like people leaving my salon, like I love them so much. 
to uh, you know uh, this this whole education thing. Like people come to my events, dude. Like like I'm scared of walking in and seeing fucking no people in there anymore because like I'm like not relevant anymore or something, you know. Yeah. And I don't know why that is because at the same time I've always had a like a fuck it attitude and I don't really care. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I just I feel like, you know what I. I don't want to. I don't want to die not having impacted the world in a positive way. That's probably the biggest one. Okay. And I think all of those little things tie into it. Yeah. You seem to really enjoy what's going on in life, and and I totally. You know, I feel the same way. Like there's certain things that I I'm loving about life big time right now, and I don't want those to end. I'm definitely afraid of of things like that ending. Yeah. All right. So. At the end of every show, we do a hair horror story. Jacob Kahn, it was his idea. I credit him every time. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, He's a homie. Yeah. So, so give me a, uh, any hair horror story. It could be at a show. It could be at a class. It could be behind the chair. Hair horror story. Oh, there's so many. We all f- mess some shit up, man. I'm like, but I'm, I'm trying to think of a really good one. Hair horror story. Well, hair horror story for me, <laughs> like <laughs> pretty much me trying to figure out if I wanted to be a platform artist and just emulating people and like looking hella stupid, but that's not really, that's just more tragic, uh, (laughs) hair horror story. Well, give us that one. Oh dude. Like in the beginning before Instagram and all that stuff, you know, I mean, platform artists, you know, like they're, you know, the rhinestones and the flash and like they're still out there. You tomorrow we're going to walk the floor. You just look for the dudes that, 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 that never left. 1999 you know like you're gonna see it that's awesome Uh, i remember showing up wearing suspenders is a chicago hair show wearing suspenders a tucked in button down a bow tie and fucking long hair and i just was an amalgamation of just all these whatever i thought was uh what i was supposed to do sure what am I supposed to look like? And I was like, oh, well, that person and these people, that's what they look like. And spouting off, like, dude, I thought I had to tell people, like, tragic stories. Like, dude, you could even go on YouTube and I'm, like, talking about having this tragic story. And, I, you know, like, who gives a fuck about, like, dude, I meet people daily that, uh, like, I I stayed in my car for, like, a month because my, my, I was too prideful to move in with my dad. Like, but like, dude, my dad has always supported me. Like I had that, like I had that opportunity, but I literally travel every week and I meet people that don't, that were like living in their car in in beauty school. And you're just like, wow. Like, okay. I didn't come from super unfortunate circumstances. I had a happy hairdresser mom. She's loopy and crazy and whatever, like a hairstylist. And my dad worked his ass off so I could have a life. So realistically to me, just emulating things I thought I needed to do. That was it. You were finding yourself. Yeah. Right? As a young person. I think everybody goes through that. Yeah. I'm no different than that. Yeah. But horror stories and shit, like if you want to hear something like I shaved some, I, I, I full on took half an eyebrow off before. Oh, like, let's hear about show. that. You were brow slashing? Oh, just like, uh, you know, cutting hair, you know, the, the clipper. I'm doing the clipper motion that everybody does when they talk about men's haircutting. And like I was doing that and I looked away and like I took off a corner of a brow, you know. Um, <laughs> Uh, which, I, which uh, I mean, I got brow slashed once. Really? So, yeah, that, that's not such yeah, a bad see, thing. Yeah, see, honestly, dude, most hair horror stories have happened, and I kind of want people to know that. I kind of want people to know that, like, literally, like, I have fried some fucking hair off. I have given someone a chemical pixie before. Mm-hmm. Like, I want people to know that, that, that like, th- these people you follow in the internet, it's like 8% of their lives. You didn't see the, the stupid traditional highlight that they did because they couldn't get out of it because you know mrs gertrude that's what she wants Mm -hmm. you know not everybody wants a perfect balayage Mm -hmm. you know yeah and i think the, i think i think the biggest part for me to see that as a person that does what i do is like god that's so reassuring yeah and this industry is all is it's inclusionary this Mm -hmm. industry is all about inclusion so Remember that it's welcoming, and if it's not, it if it doesn't feel good, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Okay, yeah. so the ultimate what what is that word um, when something is happening? You're talking about something, and it's uh, meta. meta. It's so meta. Okay, so meta it, with so, the world. So on the topic of meta, as we were doing Jacob Kahn's hair horror stories, Jacob Kahn walks over and films us. 
recording his hair horror story. Well, your hair story, but oh. you know, with his oh, name. Wait. He was walking behind you as you were talking. Oh, that's funny. And he was putting it on stories. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's my homie. Dude, so we have him and I, like side note, that dude, I love that dude because one, we both wanted to be comedians when we were younger. Yeah. We oh, both cool. came from music. We both went to the same school. We both have a lot of the same passions. Love it. And uh, I'm super proud of that guy because we, we've done, we did classes together a long, long time ago in the middle of America in, in like a, like a weird puppet. This is low-key a horror story. It was like <laughs> the coolest place in Georgia and they manufacture carpets. That's all I know about the place. And the, the owner of the salon who hosted us put us in this weird, like a Sherwood Forest theater full of puppets. And we taught a class to like eight people wow. in a very dark, weird little puppet fucking place. Love and it. ask him about it. it his his <laughs> we oh were God. we were troopers though. We were we were super positive, and I love every single one of the people that were there. That's hilarious. And, uh, and yeah, so that's it's not really a horror story. It's kind of just funny. He's but. actually known for pod bombing, by the way. He that's rad. Yeah, when when Amelia hair makeup, you know Amelia. Yeah. When I was interviewing her, he walks by, and he he was like lurking. And finally, I just invited him over. And That's so, tight. total pod bomb. Pod bomb and, but I didn't invite him over this time. He oh. was like, he was lurking behind you, but I did Good. not. He's, he's, let he's him like come way in. cooler than I am, so I'm glad you didn't rain my fucking. Yeah, throat. me too. We, we don't want to be overshadowed <laughs> by Jacob Conher. Okay. I also wanted to do that to Andrew Carruthers. I saw you talking to him, and oh, I was yeah. like, uh, yeah, because he you lives pod in. Bomb. He lives in Southern Oregon. That's where my mom lives, so I was like, uh, love but. it. That's awesome. All right. So, um, any last words for the community? Anything? It, anything you want to say at all, dude? Fucking, who cares about anything you do? Do something that makes you feel good. That's it. It's Epicurean at best. Just show up and have a lot of fun. Be fearless. Be fearless. That's it, it, dude. All right. So on uh, Instagram, your fearless hair or the fearless hairdresser. It's just at fearless hairdresser. At fearless hairdresser. It's long enough. It doesn't need the. I know. Just fearless hairdresser. Anywhere else that that you want to send people? Do you have a YouTube or anything? Uh, honestly, dude, just go to the Tori Hansa website. Okay. Uh, they they've supported me from day one. If you want to see where my classes are with them, go for it. Go to their website. Uh, I'm on there, and you know if I'm coming if I'm not coming to your city, fucking request. Hit me up, DM me on Instagram, or there's a there's literally a phone number on there. You can text that phone number if you want a class. Just uh, I would love to do a hands-on class in in in, in your salon. That's it. Like love it. just straightforward. You guys heard it. Hit him up. Thanks, awesome. brother. Thank you. Hey guys, I'm back. Next week's pod loot will be a GHD Gold Professional One Inch Styler Flat Iron for a chance to win. Write a review on the Apple Podcast app or Stitcher.com for Droid users. The review has to include your exact Instagram handle so I know who you are. Make sure you're following the Hair Game Podcast on Instagram and Love Eric Taylor on Instagram, and then I put your name in my bag. Each week, I pull a name and I announce the winner at the beginning of every episode. You have to be listening to win, so you can DM me your mailing address and I can send you your pod loop. If you don't win, keep listening because your name stays in my bag, in my office. You could win any week on any episode. For complete details, go to salamrepublic.com. Next week's episode will be with Allison Alhamid, Modern Salons Editor-in-Chief. Until then, have a great week.